Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Are you fascinated by UFOs, the occult, strange history, and more? On October 14th through the 16th at SIR Nashville, the Strange Realities Conference 2022 will take place. Three days of exploring the mysteries of the supernatural, history, UFOs, the occult, and much, much more. Featuring presentations by Steve Berg, Micah Hanks, John Tinney, Adam Gorightly, Tim Banal, Christopher Ernst, Samantha Engel, Recluse, Nathan Isaac, Melody Blackthorn, Dr. Future, Soraya Askath, Timothy Renner, Aaron Gullius, Delaney Bowers, Olaf Phillips, and David Metcalf. With workshops by Kiki Dombrowski, Ren Collier, and Michael Hughes. Come join us in Nashville or online. Tickets are available at strangerealitiesconference.com. Find out what everyone is talking about. We are live, and we want to welcome everyone to the preview to the four. As you can see there on the screen, the fourth annual Strange Realities Conference 2022, and we have right now three of the speakers that are going to be at the conference this year, coming up October 14th through the 16th in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. And we're going to be joined, hopefully, here by uh, by a fourth. Person Adam Go Rightly uh, should be joining us soon, hopefully. And um, we're having he was having some technical issues, so hopefully he'll be with us. But uh, I want to introduce the people that we have on, uh, which have all been on Conspiracy Normal before. We have Samantha Engel. Hello, hi Samantha. <laughs> uh, excited to have you here in Nashville coming up in October, and uh, her co-host. He's your co-host, Samantha. Yes, of course. Without question. On Great Lakes lore, and but also the host of The Saucer Life, Aaron Gullius is also here. Yes, hello. Hello. Hello, Aaron. You guys might have heard him before. Yeah, you probably times. have heard him yeah. on. You probably have heard him on Conspiracy Normal, Where Did the Road Go? Everybody needs to do like the Aaron Gullius mashup. And... Um, Tim Banal is with us. Who, What's up, uh, everybody? Who has who, who has been a part of Strange Realities since the beginning? I'm part of the since fabric of Strange Realities. One. You are. You are absolutely part of the I fabric. Saw you roll your eyes, or feel. <laughs> 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 uh, and I think that we are going to uh, we're we're, we're going to have a lot of fun just because you're going to be there, Tim, uh, coming oh, up in you. October. But, well, uh, I can to- tell you, yeah, we, Aaron and I and Sam have a little uh, group chat, and we talk <laughs> about the event a lot, and uh, we're we're excited to announce that we have found the drinking spot at least on one night. Uh, okay, what perfect. is it? This is and it's it's conspira- uh, conspiracy, normal, strange realities, 
perfectly uh, adjacent. Sam found it, I believe. I did. Yeah. Yes. And it and it's actually within walking distance of SIR, <laughs> which is stunning. And it is Jackalope Brewery. Okay. Oh, okay. It's good. Yeah. It's good beer. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys know this? You're in Nashville. Yeah. Do you know Jackalope? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it's good beer. Yeah. All right. Is it next to the Hat Place? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. No, it's a little like, further down from. The literally, area. like less, I think it's like less than a half a mile away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All, well, perfect. All I've found because is, it's all is over now. Wings is Ric Flair's Woo Wings in Nashville. So that's been my contribution <laughs> to the entertainment. But. Well, okay. the flying saucer closed. Yes, yeah. I heard yeah. about and that's that. What, that. That we uh, we all went there at the end of the conference last year, and it is now unfortunately no more. And so we needed to find another place. So I think, yeah, the Jackalope Brewing Company is probably pretty appropriate. Seems pretty cool, yeah. For yeah, everybody. It is a cryptid after all. Exactly. Well, I searched breweries on Google Maps and was like, this one, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, guys, we are really excited to have you uh, join us um, here in Nashville. And tonight, really, uh, we're going to talk about what you guys are going to be talking about at the conference and what you guys are going to be probably going to be working on anything else that, uh, that, that we want to talk about. I want to talk to with uh, Samantha and Aaron about some of the stuff from great lakes lore and saucer life and Tim when, Ad and whenever Adam gets over here, feel free to chime in on anything you want to chime in on. Um, but I can tell you guys, I've been working on a preliminary schedule and as of this moment, I think everybody here, you guys will be speaking all on Friday night. Nice. 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 All right. So I believe, Tim, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to kind of, I'm still kind of wrestling with it a little bit with the schedule, but I think I pretty much got it. Tim, you'll pretty much be starting us off. I love it. And uh, Aaron and Samantha will be speaking sometime in the middle of the night. Um, so we'll. I saw Go Rightly, and then he promptly disappeared yet again. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> they don't want you to hear what Go Rightly. Uh, yeah, no. yeah. I don't think they want you to know what Go Rightly is going to talk about. But let's, uh, Tim. Let's start with you, man. Sure. Uh, let's start with what uh, you're going to talk about, and and how that kind of is fitting in with some of like the presentations that you got that you did um, in the last three. Um. Strange realities. Strange realities conferences, yeah. Well, it's a whole different realm. I mean, it's completely different from uh, – it's totally different from Flat Earth. <laughs> I moved on from Flat Earth, so. Thankfully. Uh, thankfully. Yeah, there wasn't much more I could get out of it. And uh, last year I talked about the force-fed mysteries. This is another mystery, um, and it's this case called the Yuba Five. It's kind of like you know, known as the America's Dyatlov Pass Incident. Uh, and it involves five young men um, who they lived in Yuba, California. I'm going to give a super basic version of this because I haven't really submerged myself in the case yet. Uh, but I'm aware of it from, from over the years, reading a bunch of stuff about it. Anyway, so these five young men, they were like developmentally disabled. Um, and this was the late 1970s. So okay, it's hard to really quite get a grasp on what their limitations were and that sort of thing. But they were functioning adults, generally, and they were out. They went to a basketball game. Um, they were going to be in a, a basketball tournament the next day. They were very excited about that. Um, and then somehow they disappeared this night, this uh, like a Friday, Thursday night, something like that. 
No one knew where they were. They couldn't find them. Finally, they found them. I'm not sure how much time later, probably like a week. Like I said, I don't have all the details right now off the top of my head. But anyway, they found them like a week later. Well, they found their bodies a week later. And some of them were off. They had they were up on a mountain way the hell out of nowhere where they should have been. Like opposite of Yuba. Like they should have been on their way home after this basketball game. Somehow they went the opposite direction. The car was on the side of the road. Some of them were like off in the woods on this mountain dead. And it was several weeks later when they found these guys. Because then up in up in the mountains in like a forestry cabin, they found one of the guys dead. Like all tucked in under a blanket and shit. Like someone had left him there to die. Um, and... And then another guy way off in the woods, and one never was found. So no one knows why these guys went this opposite direction, why they took off into the woods, why they were up in this cabin. There was food in the cabin, but you had to, like, like open it with, like, it was, like, army surplus shit, so you had to, like, do the can thing. Um, but they should have been able to get into the food. Nobody knows really what what the story is. It's a really bizarre mystery Um that remains unsolved to this day. So that that's the general version of it. And uh, I'll have a lot more details down in Nashville. Perfect. Everyone loves a good mystery. So that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. That's a weird one. It's often been um, compared to the Dyatlov pass stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's different, but very similar in a lot of ways, you know, just like a mysterious, they weren't out hiking, but it was like, why, yeah, it's just very odd. It was in the winter time. Yeah, yeah. So that, you know, they figured kind of like they must have been trying. Were they trying to get away from something? Were they like? It's very weird. But well, we'll we'll explore all these questions down in Nashville, um, including sort of like the the local. If you kind of dig a little bit into it, then there's always sort of local scuttlebutt. So like this local scuttlebutt that these guys had run afoul of some townies and wherever wherever they were had had gone up into the mountains and um but there's all kinds of theories that maybe the guy that vanished maybe he had something to do to do with all this you know or maybe somebody came along and i think they found the car like on a bridge somebody thinks oh maybe they threw this guy over the water something happened you know maybe something happened with this guy and, and then they all took off to get away from whoever threw the guy over the water it's like it's a very very strange story so yeah it's uh it should be it should be fun to explore and you know see see about it. It's one of those I don't know. I like to think sometimes how could they even? How, I don't know how if they could even. This isn't something you could solve necessarily unless somebody came forward with a with a confession because it's not like one of these things with DNA or anything that I can make out. So it's one of those cases that could be a mystery, you know, forever. So you know. Yeah, back when you could just kill people. Get away with it. (laughs) Good old days. (laughs) Sucks now. Uh, Well, we're still trying to get Go Rightly on here. I don't, he may not be able to join us. He says he's been having problems with StreamYard and Chrome. I don't, sometimes. Well, that'll just build the mystery for everybody. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he, he tried. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll try to do another episode with him. Um, at some point, poor um, guy. I'm gonna have like this stack of books to, for him to sign. Yeah, <laughs> same. Yeah. <laughs> so all the people tonight tuning in for Tenny and Go Rightly, 
Right. Yeah. I guess I, I guess I guess it's <laughs> I guess it didn't happen. So uh but whatever. We we will carry <laughs> on. You guys you, you guys are just gonna have to carry for go right, Lantini. I'm sorry, y'all. No, we'll be fine. We'll have a good time. All right, excellent. Sounds good. Awesome. Anything else that you're looking forward to in Nashville, Tim, since you're a strange realities veteran? Yeah, well, yeah. Um Getting back to Nashville, I love it down there. I really do like it a lot. Um, it's sort of like the perfect size kind of city for me. It's not too crazy. And uh, the wild game restaurant we didn't get a chance to eat at um, last <laughs> year. That we that was a Kutch party foul. Although I don't know if it was open that day, but Kutch <laughs> Kutch was like, we don't blame it on him. It's Kutch will admit it, accept the blame because he didn't want to offend Michael Hughes, who's next to me here on the. <laughs> and Michael Hughes is vegan, so he didn't want to take Michael Hughes to the Wild Game restaurant, and then we had to go to like Olive Garden, and it was like what? So, yeah. So that's now we, we we're committed. If, if and Michael Hughes can come if he wants, <laughs> but that's that's for sure. I think it, it's weird having been to Nashville now, this will be my third time down there. I have kind of this weird like sense of that. It's certainly not hometown pride or anything like that, but sort of like, I know this place. I'm excited for Sam to come for, uh, go rightly. If he hasn't been there, I'm not sure. You know, I'm excited for my friends who are, I have a lot of good friends who are coming to this event, which is really exciting. Um, and some of them haven't been seen some of this stuff like the Parthenon, um, you know, specifically, which is really cool as hell, uh, you know, and, and just sort of the scene down there in Nashville. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. We always love having you, man. We have a lot of fun. Yeah. I think that was the first time you were ever here. Was it in 2019? Yeah. Yeah. And I fell in love with the place. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's great. Yeah. The, the, uh, the big game restaurant, you guys are staying, you guys are staying in the same area this year yeah. too. Yeah. So really you, you can walk to you it. Should, you you should. Ribs. <laughs> this time, this time we don't have Josh. He won't ruin it for you. So <laughs> <laughs> he didn't ruin. He's just trying to be nice. But it was like, come on, man. Well, it's a good yeah. thing we can walk because you don't want to drive after eating an elk. You know, you, you <laughs> elk. You shouldn't be driving. You're you're just sort of logy and tired and. and Sort of wipes you out. Like getting a rack of those brontosaurus ribs in yeah. the Flintstones or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Car over. Yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's not something you want to just. Maybe you could like uh, give your your presentation on a full stomach of elk, Tim. <laughs> you know? So sorry, I had some buffalo on my way over here. I'm, I've, I've never been to that place. I've no. Sir, really? have you ever been there? I've I've wanted to, but um, yeah, it just it seems like a. It's a bit of a tourist trap, you know? right? Exactly, right, because yeah. yeah, like Music Valley, where you guys are staying, that's for and 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 Aaron knows this too by now. Like that's very much like the touristy mm-hmm. area of Nashville. It's cool. It's it's affordable yeah. and quaint, right? Unlike right. you know downtown. So right, right, exactly. And uh, I think Kiki's asking where in Nashville is that? It's a Music Valley by Opryland. By Opryland, yeah. so you've yeah. got Opryland there, and you guys, I, I, there is a there is a picture of Aaron Gullius right next to Cooters. Uh, the um, yeah, Cooters is down there too. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, Dukes, Dukes of Hazard Museum. Yeah, yes, that whole, uh, yes. That whole scene. You you, you can see the 
you can see the you can see the general lee right there you know so and don't forget the cia mind control programming site of the fiddlers in yes by bryce taylor in transformation of america oh that's right yeah or kathy o'brien yeah or yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, you know, I, I, I was Guys, hoping. Be careful! That, don't, don't, uh, don't book at the Fiddler's Inn if you're staying. There, there was no statue right. of, box, of Boxcar Willie anywhere that I saw, which I, I thought uh, was. But um, that was his old hangs. Yeah, yeah. Serfiel and I have joked about about putting you guys in the Fiddler's Inn just for just for that, just so <laughs> you could like, just so you could yeah. ca- you could catch the vibes, the mind control vibes at the Fiddler's uh, Inn. You should put Go Riley up in the Fiddler's yeah, Inn. He probably would have some problems. <laughs> Could be like his he might have some experience, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was trying to get to the ice machine and ended up in the underground chamber. Oh, yeah, Miki uh, Dombrowski says the fiddlers. I hear I hear the fiddlers in is is super haunted. Wow. So, oh. Yeah, that also, probably that probably makes sense. Coming to Nashville, uh, uh, Steve Berg, actor, comedian, and paranormal uh, enthusiast, will be also a speaker at the event. He is adamant that he's taking me down to the back down to the honky tonks. So anyone who mm. you know who wanted to try the honky tonks last time didn't get a chance. I didn't do any of the honky tonks uh, last time. Adam took me down around through the honky tonks, but it was a Monday night and the bills were in town playing the Titans and the game literally had just gotten out. And I was like, and at one team had the law. Well, I don't want to be around a bunch yeah, of drunk. You did football. see the honky tonks in 2019 though. Yeah. You may not remember. Oh, I sure did. I sure <laughs> did. That was awesome. It was really cool. I really enjoyed it. So I would love to do that again. And uh, Steve Burke wants to do it. So yeah, uh, but what we did see in Nashville, I mean, I doubt it's still there is the bombing site yeah from christmas uh, yeah that was pretty 19 must have been 2020 yeah, yeah. 2020. Still haven't really fixed it so that yeah i haven't been down there since then tim that was uh well that obviously that was october of last year yeah so that had been and, like all over a year no, uh it, it had year. been yeah about it had been about 10 months and yeah, creepy the uh there were still the uh, christmas poles yeah like the yeah. christmas decorations you that know we're still there from that thing. day because because it happened on christmas yeah yeah it was yeah so they just fenced off the whole area and it was like looking in like some creepy time capsule it was really uh it was i wouldn't say cool but it was uh enlightening um, yeah that was that was yeah. pretty unreal you went down there with me and luke and we walked around showed you some places around like the where uh James K. Polk is actually buried. Yeah, I was going to mention this to Aaron and uh, Sam because uh, yeah. you guys are kind of history buffs. That's the president that's buried that you, you took me to his we, grave. We are history professionals. I was going to say, that's our job. Buffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so James now, K. Polk. Now I have to challenge you to a duel. And- <laughs> oh, no. We'll have so to do it at James Polk's grave. We should, yeah. we the, so, the Hermitage. Do it yeah. at the Hermitage. Yeah, That'd yeah, be the best. That's right. Do it in front of the giant statue right by Polk's grave. He was in like Jackson. like Jackson was in like what, like half a dozen duels or something. Like yeah. his life yeah. was a duel. I don't. Know. Yeah. <laughs> well, since we're talking about this, can I fill you guys in on something cool? An interesting, no. um, <laughs> interesting story. Yeah. So yeah. I had I had a. Um, I couldn't even tell you. I'd have to like you know draw it out. 
but but uh, something great, great, great grandfather who fought a duel with Andrew Jackson. Oh, yeah. Wow. His his name was. Uh, have I? I think I've told you this, Sergio. Have I not? Did he lose? I'm pretty oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He. Uh, well, here's what happened. Um, his name was Waitzel Avery. They were both lawyers in Western North Carolina. This was like 1780s, maybe 1790s. So they were both pretty pretty young men. And they got into some kind of argument. I think it was just some kind of business thing that they got into. And um, so Jackson, you know, they did the whole fa- paces and everything. And Jackson turned. He fired. His gun misfired. So by the rules of the duel, uh, Waitzel Avery had the, you know, he, of course, could fire next. And he had the opportunity to just kill him, really. And he decided to fire up in the air. Oh, wow. So, so that was uh, that was pretty much it. I mean, Did there that was really squash nothing. their beef? Yeah. Was that, was, yeah. Yeah. So then the other yeah. guy was like, dude, thanks. Like, yeah. Yeah. What, what, whatever beef there was between them, I don't think it was anything. Mo- I don't think it was as bad as like, what was the guy, Charles Dickinson, that he killed mm-hmm. in the duel because mm-hmm. he. Um, Insulted He's, Rachel, right? Yeah, he insulted mm-hmm. Rachel. Yeah, so that was all that the whole bigamy thing with Andrew Jackson and his wife. So, yeah, that's um, yeah, it, it's wow. it, it's just an interesting story that I found, and um, I went to the Hermitage one time because I'm pretty close to it, and uh, talked to the guy that was doing like playing Andrew Jackson, and I like told him about that, and he he looked at me and he's like. Oh yes, I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> the historical interpreter. <laughs> so Adam lives in a section of metropolitan Nashville now called Hermitage, and yeah. I live in a section called Old Hickory. So that's yeah. Wow. Right in between that is kind of like this other place called Donaldson. So there's all kinds of. Um, old houses and mansions around here that are associated with that. There's actually two mansions on the Hermitage land, which is you have the Hermitage itself. And then another one called two rivers, which was like his stepson's uh, mansion. So it's all pretty cool. I mean, if you, if you should, if you can, I mean, take the opportunity to go see the Hermitage. It's a, it's a pretty amazing place. It is. Um, have you been there? Yeah, Aaron? yeah, I was. I've been there. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. They they we did the audio tour with the headphones and walking around. Yeah. so that's uh, that was kind of interesting. But yeah, yeah, th- and there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's like there's a, that other mansion that not a lot of people go to because they don't really know about it. And then there's the um, there's like a Confederate. It's like a Confederate soldier, a soldier's home cemetery that's there on the grounds too. So the symbolic synchro mystical. That's right. Arrangement. That's right. Yeah, there's lots of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, so Aaron and Samantha, you guys are actually going to be giving a joint presentation at the conference. So what are you guys going to be talking about? Uh, 
I, I can start, yeah. I guess. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we are going to be talking about the Dungeon Swamp mystery, which is our very first episode of Great Lakes Lore that we did. Um, it is a sort of old-timey true crime murder mystery um, with lots of local scuttlebutt. So if, if we're presenting the same night as Tim, it'll go, they'll go, nice. together, go together well. Yeah. Um, but um, it's from the 1920s, from my hometown, um, in White Cloud, Michigan. So, um, you know, a, a father-in-law ends up dead, then the husband ends up dead, and it's a, you know, whodunit. But growing up, I'd always heard that, you know, this area of, you know, the outskirts of our town was very haunted because of this. And so um, we're going to look at it at like a case study is how historians sort of break down, like, here's this ghost story from the present, but what in fact did happen? And, you know, how does everybody get it wrong on the internet <laughs> that kind of thing <laughs> yeah and it's it's one of those stories that is um as somebody who you know is not from the area i had never heard of it and once we got into it when we were working on it for the show i was almost a little surprised that it hasn't had a a wider sort of sort of footprint because it, it's got this this great location these sort of like swampy woods which which are very creepy and you, you've got ghost stories coming out of it you've got lurid interpersonal details you've got family squabbles you've got a trial of the year if not century or decade and it, it just it, it's a very big part of this very small area of michigan where it's where it's known and outside of that it's it's not and i think it's a a fascinating story and, and like sam said a good a good case study of how to how to sort of use historical sources to separate fact from um fiction i, I couldn't remember the word <laughs> <laughs> fiction or, or non-fact as i almost said yeah, and I'd like to point out that Aaron said that the location is very creepy, but it's like across the street from where I grew up. So, <laughs> I, I, so that's why you are the way you are. Exactly. There, there we go. I, I'm saying it, it, it could be considered, I mean, it, it could be considered creepy in the right yes. circumstances. Yes. You get a, get a good fog in there, you know? At, oh, at, for sure. At, at dusk, a bear you know? growling at you, you never know what could happen. I, it, it would terrify me. I, I'm, I'm pretty anxious anyway, but most stuff, most stuff terrifies me. But, uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a fun. Uh, I think it's a fun story. I mean, it's not fun for the people who are involved, but because um, some of them ended up dead. But um, yeah, I think it's an interesting, interesting, fascinating story. Yeah, and even I think you know we want to touch on some of the like um, perspectives. Well, maybe not perspectives, but attitudes that people have about it today too. Um, I posted in sort of the local community Facebook group and got some uh, interesting responses, including "That's my great uncle." Stop asking questions. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yes, wow. there'll be there'll be a little bit of that, but kind of looking at sort of this local legend, local lore um, thing, and how people react to it today. I think is is an interesting angle to take i want to see a screenshot of that on your presentation <laughs> i gotta go dig it out of the the facebook archives yes <laughs> is this something uh this uh, 100 year old case i guess over 100 year old case mm -hmm. have you guys found anything that is new about it that that i'm sure you guys will share at the conference so if you want to find out come to the conference or watch it online <laughs> but um have you been able to find anything else that's that's interest that's interesting about it that nobody really knew before? 
since it's so obscure that maybe it's not as picked over as some other cases may be. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, one of these cases where we'll never actually know what truly happened. Um, we'll have our ideas, um, and we'll probably talk about our ideas of of who we think murdered whom or whatever. But um, the most interesting thing, I think, has been comparing sort of the larger outside newspapers and how they reported on the story versus mm-hmm. how the local paper um, reported the story. And so um, we actually had to go to the White Cloud Library and look through microfilms because they haven't been digitized to get those local newspaper sources. Um, but, you know, there are pieces... I can see how pieces of the story that I heard were sort of, you know, telephoned along and misinterpreted from like the things that really happened. So, you know, were there ghosts? Well, no, but state troopers actually dressed up as ghosts to try to, you know, uh, get some confessions out of folks. (laughs) And so um, you can see how, how these pieces have just sort of been warped, I guess, over time and and built into this larger um, scary local story. That's still the part that just like (laughs) is incredible to me. I mean, that's like a Coen Brothers movie, man. Yes. I never knew it. (laughs) So, I mean, I think, did I guess they had the white sheets and everything? I mean, this was. Yeah, how did they dress as ghosts? Like, what was the attire? What was the costume? It was was white sheets, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. With like eye holes. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, um, or they Charlie Brown did. I yes. don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say that. Yeah, just think the classic, you know, Charlie Brown holes all over it because he couldn't do it right. Um, but yeah, it, it's um, that that aspect is is what is what one of the things that, that caught my eye as well. And it's it's much more well reported in the local sources than it is the sources from Detroit. You know, which is where most mm-hmm. of the uh, mm-hmm. most of the the, the mainstream or the more widely known reporting is is from and one of the things that really comes through is the attitude of people from the cities towards the people who live in this rural um this this rural area and and there's um there, there's all sorts of class issues there are gender issues that arise uh there's the there's the, the the sort of popular sympathy towards one side or the other in the press. And then decades later, you talk about, about family history stuff. Um, one mm-hmm. thing that didn't make it into the episode uh, because we just didn't have room for it is I, I got a hold of a book that was written a few years ago by one of the descendants of one of the murder victims. And she's got this whole family history, how the family was impacted by uh by these these murders by her ancestors that were murdered and how it's it, sort of that trauma through the generations has uh, has affected her there's all sorts of angles that uh, that go into this uh go into the story that are um that, that are pretty fascinating from a a perspective of of how a, a community and, and how a family might remember these events when you know most people have never heard of them well, that sounds awesome it definitely fits in with the the uh, strange realities uh, view on things, uh, lesser known cases, and um, looking at things from different perspectives. Uh, yours too, Tim. So this should be. Uh, we're looking forward to both of these. Without yeah. going, without well, going. I think Aaron and Sam and I are of the same mind that you know you're, you're bringing us down to Nashville to put on a show. So we're gonna <laughs> right. That's right. We're gonna do our we're gonna do our best to uh, to do something memorable for people. 
you know, not just the fact that I'm including a childhood photo in uh, in our presentation. So, you know, (laughs) that's that's worth the price of admission and loan. I think so. (laughs) Uh, Without without giving too much away, uh, has it always been pretty um, locked in that they know who did it? Or is there has there been some doubt of that? Um, And do you guys have a one? Do you do you favor one conclusion or the other? You know, I, I I can't obviously speak for Aaron, but like reading it, especially like the outside papers, um, you get a much more sympathetic view towards the the those the the, the dungeons, the folks accused of the murder. Um, but then when you take that along with the actual facts of the case and some of the local reporting. It, it becomes a lot blurrier and fuzzier. Um, and, and I think that's interesting to like, I mean, I certainly have, I think Aaron and I actually have the same idea of, of what ended up happening. One may be a murder, one for sure a murder, you know? Um, and, uh, and I don't want to give too much away right now, but um, I mean, growing up, it was the dungeons committed these murders. Like there was no question about it, but when we recorded our episode, we were relying on those larger city newspapers because that's all that had been digitized. And as I was reading it, I was like, wow, my perspectives have totally changed. <laughs> and then um, once you, you know, get into some of the, um, some of those other perspectives and then you look at the facts, it's like, well, you know, I mean, the, the Detroit reporters can be very convincing. They can spin a good tale. I'll just I'll just say that. So, yeah, yeah. And I, I think for for me, it, it's one of the things that sort of comes comes through is is, is the limits of what we can actually determine a hundred years later. Yeah, um, and and the limits that were on on sort of forensic work a hundred years ago, um, especially in cases where there's suspected poisoning. You know, there, there's a lot of things that today absolutely not fly in court you know absolutely i mean dressing up as ghosts to terrify confessions out of people. You know, I, I think that would be a 14th amendment issue um in, in most uh federal circuits but um it, it's just it doesn't seem like it's that long ago with the 1920s you know i was gonna say i remember that i don't but you know it, 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 i remember the century right it's a 20th century thing it's not like it's it's the dark ages or it's, it's not like it's it's early yeah. america or the frontier or anything um right it's 100 years ago and there's so much different as far as how this would have played out in our own sort of in the media and in in, in the courts and everything so i think it's it's I, I think it's a fascinating story i'm very excited and um and, and i think it's important too in telling these kinds of stories to get back to um the people involved. Um, and so like, since especially, you know, I work as a public historian, so I'm giving house tours and dealing with these sort of very real historical figures and growing up when you just hear sort of this local legend about ooh, these bad people from a hundred years ago, you, you know, you kind of, you depersonalize them. And so I think in, at least for me and looking through these newspapers and reading about them and seeing pictures of them that were put in the newspapers, you remember that they were in fact real people like, murderer or not and they you know had a whole context this whole slew of things that that was weighing on them and so i think when you look at a case you know at that level of detail you know you remember that these were people and not just a spooky story to to share around the campfire so i think that's an important piece of 
of what we do when we look at old cases like this. And I think the, the, the book by the descendant of the people who were murdered is an interesting um, part of that because there's, there's all sorts of little things that she remembers as a little girl about hearing about how great grandpa and her uncle were were uh, were murdered that made an impression on her um, growing up and, and her view of of the people convicted of the crime as opposed to the popular newspaper accounts of the more sympathetic newspaper accounts. It's like in her family, no, there's no sympathy for these people because they were the murderers. So it's, um, it's a lot of different strands going into mm-hmm. this. Yeah, I think that's great. I'm, I think it's awesome. It's uh, you guys are bringing some like really top notch um, historical research to the, to the conference. That's great. That's excellent. Um, what we do. <laughs> right. Well, you know, this this is the thing about Strange Realities Conference is that, you know, we're we're not there's a lot of conferences that specialize in a lot of different things and we're kind of just a grab bag of different subjects, but we like to kind of talk about things that make people think a little bit more. You know, it's not it's not all dogman all the time. <laughs> All dog men all the time. All dog men all the time. That's right. Yeah. All dog men. All yeah, right. no, that's what I like about it. It's not like a UFO conference or a Bigfoot conference or something like that. It's like it's yeah. by just the virtue of the name, it can be like anything. And so. because of that, um, we've had you know really good luck with uh, people coming and bringing people who weren't um, your usual paranormal or UFO types you know, who would really find most of this stuff really interesting as well. Uh, you don't really have to be, you know, from any of these subcultures or, or diehard stereotypical fan of some of these subjects because people like you guys are presenting <laughs> things in more interesting ways. If you're into true crime and mysteries, sounds like both these presentations would be right up your alley. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think it, it potentially has a has a wider appeal to more more people, more discerning people um, in a lot of ways than uh, your typical UFO or paranormal conferences. So that's why one of the reasons I'm really proud of it. So, so Kiki Dombrowski is asking a question here. Uh, She says, speaking of Bigfoot, is anyone talking about Bigfoot over the weekend that we know of? That's a really good question. Um, You know, I, what we do is we let, and I think most conferences do this, so it's really not that unusual, but we let the people, uh, talk about what they want to talk about and what, and like Samantha and Aaron have just talked about, this is something that's near and dear to them and close to where they live and something they want to talk about. So I was going to be assuming, I'm going to assume that, um, Timothy Renner is going to be speaking. He's going to be speaking remotely. I'm sure he'll touch on some Bigfoot. I'm sure that's that'll be that. Um, Steve Berg may touch on some of that since yeah, he's he I think gonna. Yeah. I think he's going to talk about some of his experiences and some weird stuff out there in the Nebraska area that he lives in. Uh, I know Doctor Future won't be talking about Bigfoot. So. <laughs> um, but uh, those are the only two that I could probably think of at the moment. Uh, Micah, I think, will probably be talking about some for, more fourteen type of subjects. So yeah, there's there's it is a mixed grab bag of a lot of different stuff. But Bigfoot will be in the house. Yeah, there there, there will be some <laughs> Bigfootery. He's right. He's back here wearing sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. So you know, uh, he will be there in 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 one form or the other in the spirit. So. 
But uh, and and to say Kiki, we should say Kiki Dombrowski also speaking at the conference. She'll be in on one of these uh, at some point next month. So, uh, Tim, yeah, let's, I want to talk about this story that you wrote. The couple today, Everybody, yeah. What what's up with this? Because last I I, I mean, I last could... last I heard that they were suspected of being Russian spies, but now this is not so cut and dry. Right. Well, this is the first I heard about the case today. Um, I guess it had kind of, I don't know when it broke originally, but because they've been held in custody for a while. Um, I think but, I heard about it a week ago or so. Okay. See, oh, I didn't wow. hear anything about it until today. And most well, What of are we right talking now, about? What's that? I'm yeah, talking, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it. So this, yeah. <laughs> uh, we wrote about it at Coast to Coast AM. I, I stumbled upon this story this morning and shared it. Uh, it got uh, Aaron then posted it, and it, it got pretty. Got a lot of interest from people. Um, so they arrested this couple in Hawaii uh, who have been using stolen uh, st- stolen identities for the last 20 years. Um, and they got the name. They I guess they got the identities from like babies. I don't know. They assume they just looked in the obituary or something. I don't know how you do that. But, you know, they they took the identities of babies that had that had died. So they have been living in Hawaii for 20 years. Um, they own like a couple houses. I couldn't quite understand if the guy was in the Coast Guard or if he was a contractor. I think he was a contractor who worked for the Coast Guard, and he maybe even had a top secret clearance or a low level clearance. Um, and uh, they don't know why these people have been living under fake ID, fake identities, but the or stolen identities. But when they searched their house, they found coded documents, uh, invisible ink. Um, maps of like with nearby military bases and and pictures weird like these weird they look like pictures from like the eighties or something they're not like digital pictures at all like bad pictures of the two of them wearing KGB uniforms um and and the lawyers like no 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 there's a perfectly good reason like Halloween for all this yeah it's like. They bought the Invisible Ink as a gag, and they were dressing up as KGB agents for cosplay. And it was like, they, they, they don't even look like good costumes. They're just like, they look like what you'd expect a dumpy-ass KGB uniform to look like. Like, yeah. like a frumpy old military jacket with some things on it and a crappy hat. Um, and so, uh, this is really weird. When they brought them in for questioning, uh, they were putting it's like it was like classic TV movie thing. They put them in the room, and you know they must. I assume they knew they were being recorded. I don't know what, but I guess the woman said to the husband, uh, "We have our protocols," which the federal prosecutors say is like they they interpreted that to be in reference to like code of of, of what to do, instructions that that. Yeah, foreign nations tell their their assets if they get arrested. So, uh, but then then they found a letter in, in the house from a guy from someone writing to the husband, speculating that he was in the CIA or he had become a Bolivian terrorist. That to me sounded like the guy was joking, but somehow it was included in the in the prosecution of the case. Now the weird part is they're not charged with any espionage or anything they're just charged with uh with conspiracy um and i don't even understand i would like to know that like what that means but uh lying on a passport application which i assume is how they got caught 
Like I think they probably tried to get passports under their fake names and it got and it tricked the system. And, and they the were real like, ID act came. Yeah, and they're like, who are these ass. people? <laughs> that's that's the, these people don't exist. So and um and uh, something like extreme identity theft or something like that. It's like, like some, ag- aggravated identity. Aggravated, theft. yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. That's when you like steal it, steal it. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you steal it like like and you're you look mean while you're doing it. Yeah. Maybe it's because maybe it's because they took it from dead babies or something. It's like you didn't just make up a name out of whole cloth. You stole a name from a dead, from a dead baby. That's all like that's aggravated. That's that's aggravating. So, so so I don't know what the conspiracy part though. Like like I would like to know like I don't know what it was more than one person they got together. I guess, and yeah. Working together to to break the other two laws, it seems. Yeah, like. you, 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 you can charge conspiracy on on just about anything as long as there's more than one person involved. Right, it's right. One of those sort of like like added sweetener sort of charges. You know? Yeah, I know. I even though I have no intention of committing any crimes, I always kind of see these things, and I'm like, oh, that's just not fair. Come on, so like, <laughs> you committed a robbery. You were wearing dress shoes and not sneakers, so that's another. It's like, where are these coming from? These extra. He's add-on. You, 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 you pile them on, and then you got something to bargain with in the plea exactly. bargain. Exactly. Yep. So down the mob. Have none of you watched Law and Order? You know, the, 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 <laughs> <laughs> so that's the story. That and so they want to get out of jail. The judge is like, "This is super weird." No, so you're staying in jail essentially. And that's and the, and their lawyers like, "Come on, man! Like this guy, they've been living a normal life." In Hawaii, there's no way this guy could be a Russian spy in the CIA, a Bulgarian terrorist. Like, this is, you know, this is absurd, essentially. So he's like, if you think he's a spy, let's see your evidence. And that, that's kind of where it's been left for now. Um, wow. Yeah. Then, then, the, then the question is, who who the hell are these people? Like, if they're not spies, <laughs> it's what like are a, they doing and who are they? It's like a public access cable version of the Americans. Yeah, right? that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, so, they're what they uh, called the illegals. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's it. So, yeah, Zach Copley here, he uh, said oh. maybe, they were, oh, it, maybe yeah. they were cosplaying characters from that show, The Americans. Great show. It, was, it, is it was great show. Yeah, so, maybe. like, how, but, but how old are these pictures? That's, that's a good They're pretty question. old. They look pretty old. Lousy. Yeah. They you really got to keep those. Come on. That's the worst. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're not tradecraft right there. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, if, if these are spies, and they're this bad. They wouldn't sure be caught before now. Yeah. I, That's I, what the lawyer said. He's like, why would they, if they were KGB, if they were spies, why would they take pictures of themselves wearing KGB uniforms? You know, it doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> to throw them off the trail, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's nicer to get that Hawaiian assignment than like Washington, D.C. area or something. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. For a, sp- for a spy agency that doesn't technically exist. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. I, I think it'll turn out that they're like somehow kind of like what Coffee was saying, but I think it's going to be that they're like eccentric more yeah. than anything. Well, like, so so the thing about the baby names thing that seems to be a pretty common. Yeah, that's how it's done. Thing yeah. as like most of the time, it's just going and taking them off of like gravestones and stuff like that. that. Could be it too. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, I I, I don't know exactly what. The deal is with that. I guess it's something with the social security number, or I, I don't. Are they reply we're, we're for a social give security number? Uh, identity. Yeah, for, uh, yeah we should right. stop talking now. About <laughs> this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, back in the better. day, there was a guy they arrested. No, he died, and then it came out. 
it was this summer or last summer or something, but it was a guy, he robbed a bank. Um, and then he fled to Massachusetts and started a whole new life. And I guess like back in the seventies oh, or something. Massachusetts, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, uh, I guess like back up until like maybe the early eighties or something like that, you could pretty much get a new identity easily. It was like, I guess you could just call up, I don't know, the government or whatever and be like, I lost my social security thing. Uh, and they, they didn't have a database or whatever. So they were just like, all right, here's a new one. It was that kind of thing. That That's my understanding of it. It was pretty easy to just be like, oh, uh, or, or something like I never got my social security thing when I was born or whatever. And my name is Randy, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, well, that's a strange oversight. You know, sorry. that Or that happens all the time. Don't even worry about it. Here's your, <laughs> here's your new social security card, Randy. And then that's it. Then you now you're like Randy. So, so who are you really, Tim? <laughs> I what's your real name? <laughs> I would not impersonate this person. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. <laughs> so, uh, so I wanted to ask... Um... Talk, Aaron and Samantha, I, I caught up on the Saucer Life and I caught up on Great Lakes Lore. Now, completely caught up with both shows. So, um, just, a, just a few questions about some of the stuff you guys have been talking about on there. And I'll start with you, Aaron, though, man. Yeah. I, uh, I really enjoyed your, was it a trilogy on the Philadelphia Experiment Montauk yeah. stuff? This yeah. is why I was hoping Go Rightly would be here because Go Rightly wrote. Uh, we did actually a show about this with him a long time ago about the uh, about the Montauk and the Philadelphia Experiment um, material. Yeah, this this stuff has always really fascinated me of just how like ridiculous it is and a little bit disturbing and. You said it's, that you almost wanted to kill yourself after this one. I, I, I don't think I, I went quite that far. Um, but it, 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 it was um, it, it was a downer. Anytime you've got any story where like, oh, here's a whole chapter about, you know, the kids who are being tortured in this lab. You know, it, it, it's it's a it's a downer. And it was it was a it was a tough bunch of episodes to do just because the story is so convoluted. Um, just you've, you've got any kind of 
anytime you've got a time travel story, I've got a hard time keeping track of whose soul is in which body <laughs> at which time. Um, so you got like reincarnation and time travel all built in, uh, all built in together. And, and so that was, uh, that was pretty tough. Um, and then, then there's like the, the way that Montauk keeps and it, it keeps resurfacing. And I, I think, I want to say that if Stranger Things hadn't taken off the way that it did, maybe it would still be dead. But once it, it sort of comes out that Stranger Things was initially titled Montauk, that was the working title of the show when they were pitching it. There's a lot of things based on the Montauk project in the show. And when you watch the show, it, it you would have no idea unless you already knew the Montauk stuff. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, the monster. And then, oh, yeah, the lab. It, it sort of makes sense. But um, it's a very, very loose sort of it's not even an adaption; it's more of an inspiration kind of thing. But um, yeah, those those episodes were um, were fun to do. Um, it's just it's a whole lot of very unsavory people involved in all of it. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to point out with, uh, especially the Al Belik material, is well, you know, he has the whole thing about being this other guy and then being age was was he see it's unclear was he age regressed and then sit back in time or was his soul taken his, and put his, in a body his I, don't, consciousness, I don't remember his consciousness was. was taken back and put in a body and his brother's was also and put in the body of another person who was i think his brother from different parents in a different life if you listen to the episodes i'm really vague about all that because i didn't understand it um and i, I, I never have ever since first hearing albulic on art bell way back in the day i was like i i, I can't make heads or tails of this but um yeah it, it's it, it's yeah sometimes it sounds like he's being age regressed and other times it sounds like it was a soul transference uh device which are things that just don't even it's so weird to say things like that and and sort of wonder if they're even real things i i, I catch myself yeah, saying things like that and like what, what have i done with my life yeah. <laughs> or there might be a soul transference you know thing or it might have been an age regression you know you never, you never know um my life went uh, seriously wrong at some point to be doing this um but uh yeah i'm people people really liked the episodes um which is which is good i mean i if, if they were that difficult to do i'm glad people enjoyed them um be, because Otherwise, it would just be really sad yeah. for me. But um, I think it, well, it really is an entire mythology. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it's. It's like it's. It is a creative writing exercise. Yeah. Is what it is. I mean, because you start with um, Carlo Allen or Carlos Allende or whatever his name was. You start with him, and his stuff is just kind of straight up, kind of techno babble. It's, kind of it's a weird stuff out, like that. It's like his whole like doodling in the margins and sending these insane yeah. letters. It, it's almost right. like an outsider art thing. Um, right. It, yeah. It's, it's just like. It starts out with someone that is like really like just an eccentric, really, mm-hmm. I would say. And I think they're all eccentric. But I think Belik, I think he was a little more on cashing in with the whole UFO crowd than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, he always kind of struck me as kind of this guy that was kind of like, oh, I'm going to get as much money as I possibly can from yeah. from this crowd. And uh, Belik's whole story has been recycled. I mean, Corey Good said the same thing. 
Yeah. That like he was age regressed and then he was like this Martian super soldier and he was talking to the blue avians. And I had a guy on this show a long time ago, so before even Surfio was part of the show, uh, named Captain K. Randy Ra- Randy Kramer <laughs> and Captain K slash Randy Kramer was a Martian super soldier. Outstanding. That uh, <laughs> was age regressed and sent back into the body of Randy Kramer and actually told me that he missed his Betty Lou, which was his rail gun that he shot at aliens on Mars. Like wow. you guys can find this. This is somewhere in the <laughs> double digits of conspiranormal. It's there. Don't go back it, and listen to those shit. It, it's, it's a wild. <laughs> you gotta bring them back on, dude. You should have yeah. them back on the show. It's a I still get emails from this guy. Like, why is he, he not at the conference? Emails. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Um, I know. And so, so like, he, he just asked uh, the Nashville. He, yeah, because I could put him up at the Fiddler's Inn. Yeah. Uh, he, so he just, you know, the, it was the same thing. But what was interesting about Randy Kramer, Captain K, was I did that interview in like 2013. And then, like, right after that was Corey Good and the Blue Avian stuff. So, like, Corey Good just like swooped in and just like stole Captain K's shtick and just like his whole thing. And they both got it from Al Bielik. Yep. So it's just the same kind of stuff. And the Albelic, all that mythology, just like, you know, it, I, I can even remember, I think I told you this before, Aaron, I can even remember watching or listening to hearing that on Coast to Coast and being like, wait, because I loved the movie when I grew up. And I was like, wait a minute, this is the movie, man. This is <laughs> like, yeah. there's no way I believe this. And but the, the best part. The best part is that Bielik explains why it's like the movie by saying, I didn't remember any of this until I saw the movie, and it awakened all these memories of what really happened to me. Oh, <laughs> didn't, wow. he, didn't he say something about, like, the movie was never shown yes, in the, the U.S.? the movie was never released in the U.S. It's like, I, I looked it up. Now, here's the, here's the box <laughs> office receipts. It was, on, it, was, it, it was never released on video. It was the, the fastest, fastest theatered VHS release to that point in history. That's like, funny. He's, he's, that's, he's that's, just opposite of truth <laughs> that's funny because as a child i probably watched that every other day on hbo <laughs> like literally it was half their schedule I, yeah I, I right philadelphia was- experiment yeah like wow. almost every day i mean it's it's a it's a decent movie you it, know it's not it's not a great movie it's I've a seen decent worse. movie yeah I've seen a lot worse uh, that exorcism movie we watched was probably yeah we, we, <laughs> we watched a movie based on uh the exorcism episode of great lakes lore we did and so bad didn't you say it was the worst movie you'd ever seen it is that is i i without a doubt the worst movie i've ever seen no question it's the the exorcism of i can't remember her name anna eckland Eckland. yeah it uh, it's available on tubi um (laughs) which which must be the home of just crap i mean (laughs) Where's this movie? Nobody, nobody will even sell me this movie. Well, Tubi has it. You know, it, it, this movie has no commercial value. Tubi has it. You know? Tubi has. Tubi says has some amazing movies. If you want to just watch bad movies all day, you can watch it on Tubi. Yeah, I'll tell you that. It's, it's just like it, it's incredible. It, it, there must be money in it somehow. <laughs> I, I don't know, but yeah, that Exorcism of Anna Eklund was so bad. 
Yeah, so so Blackwood with John Opes, he says Philadelphia Experiment, My Science Project, and Real Genius. Those are those, yeah, those are definitely the three. I don't do you you remember My Science Project from Vaguely. Yeah, that was that was a, that was another one that had to do with like UFOs and they had some kind of like weird device that came from a crash flying saucer. What is he? What is he saying? Those were the HBO movies. Yeah, those were on HBO a lot. Yeah, the one the I day. remember all the time was um. Oh shit! Now I forget it. The Australian kids they get kidnapped by three or four like uh, ruffians, and one wears like a Santa mask. Um, Fortress, it was called. Yeah, hmm. it was on HBO all the time. You don't remember that one? No, oh, I don't remember God, that one. No. Yeah. Yeah, and the little kids was like, "Father Christmas is at the window." And then, like, <laughs> on the window with like a shot, like a sawed-off shotgun, and it's like, "Holy shit, it's intense! It's like really real. Like, it's like, holy shit, this is like, is this really happen? Like, is this really happen? That's kind of a that's how I, as a kid when I was watching, I'm like, this is horrifying. This plays a lot about you, actually. Um, <laughs> Fortress, yeah. Whoa, Not- what a movie." <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, I found it on Wikipedia. I gotta watch this. Yeah, it's great. I think even on the Wikipedia page, if you go down some ways, it's like the movie. Like no one seems to know much. Like the movie was kind of like a nothing movie. Then it showed up on HBO early, and they just played it all the fucking time. Yeah, so. it was. Um, it was initially released anywhere on HBO. That's where it was. It was yeah, straight, yeah. Straight to HBO, and then later was released in the theater, but only in Australia. So yeah, I, I feel I feel like Philadelphia Experiment was released straight to HBO. I, I really do. It, well, it, it was it was um don't don't make me get the receipts on this. But is there it, anyone? Yeah. I don't think yeah. I've seen this Philadelphia Experiment. Is there anyone famous in it? Um, <laughs> famous at the time, maybe. <laughs> I, I think the fact that we, we, we are hesitating. Kind of yeah, I mean, you're, uh, think of a single. Yeah, we, we don't want to be mean in case he's like listening right now. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I, I think it was one of those movies that was full of people who Hollywood agents assumed would be more famous than they were, mm. but then they were in the Philadelphia experiment, oh, and and, and that kind of derailed their whole uh, right their their whole uh, their whole thing. Well, you know? the main guy was also the guy in Eddie and the Cruisers, which was another big HBO oh, like Eddie movie. And the Cruisers, yeah, that was another that was another one. Never seen that. I remember seeing ads for it and thinking this doesn't look like anything i want to watch i've i've seen it but it's been it's been so long that you know how like when you see a movie like i've had that phenomenon where you had where you've seen a movie as a kid and you're like oh man that's like a great movie you know and you go and watch it again and it's awful yeah it's like so disappointing so i think for one of these monthly strange realities things we need to just have like a a watch party that's participatory and we can all just talk shit (laughs) You know, Aaron, I actually wanted to hit you up about that and talk Uh about there was a movie you talked about on Saucer Life. It was like a British movie with two kids that help an alien. I think oh, it was from um, like the nineteen fifties. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, supersonic uh supersonic saucer. Okay. Yeah, wow. supersonic saucer. Yeah. It it right. was it was it was weird. It looks like it looks like something from an alternate reality. <laughs> it it okay. really does. It's it's very strange. Yeah, maybe we, we should do a some watch Doctor party. Future movies. That... He won't. He won't do it. He told me he won't do it. He said. He said he doesn't want to subject people to it. What? He's so, in a movie. He made his. Well, own we'll movies. rip him off from the internet like everybody <laughs> oh. else and do it anyway. 
<laughs> you can join us if you want, Doctor Future, but we're doing it. <laughs> so wait, oh, so he made a movie like a fiction, like a he like made a movies. So he made he made three movies when he was wow. younger in his twenties and his thirties. He made Nightmare on Neptune, which was like his science fiction movie. Uh, he made another one called Lord Lord of the Shadows, which was his vampire movie. And what now, which was his post-apocalyptic road movie? Wow! <laughs> Films in like elevation and um, find some good stills, and uh, we'll let you share your screen. Yeah, that <laughs> it's, sounds actually interesting. It's 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 funny. Uh, we're we're digressing a lot, but it's funny because uh, he wanted me to see this thing from that's actually on Tubi um, <laughs> called like the the dark Satan or something like that. It's one of those, everything is terrible things where they put yeah. all the videos yeah, the gr- together. The great Satan. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. The great Satan. And we're watching this and like, he was, he'd been waiting the whole time as we're watching this. Like, and then, and then he said, he, 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 he says, look, and like, he's on it. He's in it. <laughs> <From what he's> So yeah, Doctor Future is not only an aficionado of bad films; he's made his own. So, <laughs> wow. So nice. I want I want to talk. Uh, you you're doing a series on Gulf Breeze now, Aaron. Yeah, um, yeah. That's kind of that's like the one that just popped. I yeah. guess was that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I can't tell you much yet because I've only done the first episode. But uh, yeah, there's UFO sightings. There's UFO sighting debunking. There's Mufon getting kind of weird. There's uh, the Gulf Breeze 6, which is not really related, but it's in the same town. So, sure. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, it's some wild stuff. This is, uh, this is one of those um, get, the, uh, get the people on Twitter off my back. Fine, I'll cover it uh, <laughs> topics. So, um, I, I, that sounds mean. But, um, no, it, it's, it's hard to do topics that revolve entirely almost around what people see in an audio format you know it's it's, it's kind of like what am i doing here it's like uh, well this is a picture of a thing you know it's go google these pictures and you'll know what i'm talking about so it's 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 kind of weird but we're we're getting out of the sightings part into the um the people part soon so what's it got ed ed walters ed Ed walters yeah. yeah 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 well it's like yeah i don't know i mean i guess people pretty much know it but i mean there was there's some there's some tomfoolery there. Don't spoil it, but yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, Surfiel and I went to go Gulf Breeze um, when we were down in that part of Florida, just to kind of check it out. And and you know, like people could be seeing anything. I mean, it's just it that is such a heavy military traffic area. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, you know, Pensacola Naval Air Station is. You know, right there. And, so, and and what was it? Uh, what's the there's the one that's in Fort Walton that yeah, Leah Haley, Leah Haley yeah. was yeah. supposedly taken to. Yeah, yep. we were walking down that beach, didn't even know it. Yeah, wild. Yeah. Wild. So it's it's a it's a real like heavily mm-hmm. like it's a real heavy military area. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna talk a little bit uh some Great Lakes lore stuff. Um, real quick, I do want to say yeah. for Aaron Golius, um, see that you're doing a lot of uh photography with these vintage cameras yeah yeah i had two rolls not turn out at all last night Cost so me we want to see your picture <laughs> of that lamp through the window 
and uh, see if you can replicate that some of those Gulf Breeze. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I should. I should. He used a Polaroid. <laughs> uh, he used a Polaroid though, which means I'm gonna have to buy another camera. So there you go. Um, there's an yeah. excuse, and I will make fun of him for. You it. will make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, like every time I post a picture of a of a, of a I said I, de- I developed this. Sam texts me, dork. It's, it's like, it's like, Yes, I I acknowledge that. I'd like so to see some, do. some yes. classic style uh, UFO uh, hoax pictures. I, I'm I like going to toss like a pie plate in the air and take a picture really Yeah. Quick. We can make shadow people. We could do all kinds oh, of things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's on film, so you know you can't fake it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aaron, have you, have you got your own developing room? Have you got your own little room? I've, I've, uh, my wife lets me put a towel down on top of the chest freezer in the back room of the basement. And it's it's not a dark room, but it's a dark enough room. That's what That's I was, like, like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. 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 So, uh, Great Lakes Lore. Great Lakes Lore. Well, hey, uh, you know, since, you know, Serfiel, you'll, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to this episode, but the Michigan's Relics one was really really interesting are you familiar with that though the michigan relics yeah so what did you guys think about all that with like the what well first of all what what is that and then what did you guys kind of come to the conclusion about it like there's i guess it's pretty fake i guess right (laughs) 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 not not to put too fine a point on it but yeah Yeah. it's speculative right yeah no so i mean in the 1890s um guy in Michigan started faking a bunch of these artifacts found in mounds sort of smack in the middle of the state. And from there it grew and a former secretary of the state of Michigan who'd been like, was he fired or did he just resign? I can't remember. Shamed out. Yeah. (laughs) Sort of run out of town. Yeah. Yeah, He, uh, he was doing some dealings in, in native American artifacts down in Texas, I think where he went and he came back and, cashed in on it but you know it was a bunch of these you know items that that proved that there were you know european cultures and and different things like that in in the united states you know long before obviously um you know english and spanish and french settlement of the country and um you know we actually relied on uh, an article um, by someone from Brigham Young University because um, the the LDS Church, of course, got very interested and they were researching it very heavily way back in the day when when it was all going down. And um, yeah, I mean, super fake. Uh, I have a friend who works at the State Museum and she says every every fall, like clockwork, the people start calling like, we need to see those soper artifacts and see it for ourselves to see if they're real. She's like, leave us alone. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, yeah. So that was that was that was fun one. I liked that one. Yeah, it, it was um, lots of stuff with, you know, it's, it's like you know, well, this these are these are ancient languages. It's like, well, these are symbols from ancient languages assembled in a way that makes yeah. absolutely no, no sense. sense to people who actually know the ancient language. Um, so a, a lot like the uh, uh, the, the Burroughs Cave stuff from Illinois. Um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of similarities uh, to that. Um, which, which is a, which is another topic we should do another, we can do another relics episode mm-hmm. about the burroughs cave at some point um but yeah the michigan relics were were, were fun because it was it was very well documented um mm-hmm. in the newspapers and that the research the research that was done was sort of this like very sort of turning point to to modern sort of archaeological techniques the whole professionalization of, of archaeology and, and things like that so it was it was um a, a good topic for covering a lot of a lot of big picture stuff in addition to the uh, the actual um, topic at hand. 
Yeah, the gentleman from um, from the LDS church who came out to research it, he was going to like the uh, the American Alliance of Museums, like their first conference. So I was like, oh, my God, my people <laughs> like this, their origin <laughs> story. We can talk about museum conferences. This is great. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it touched on a lot of things that, you know, even we try to bring into, you know, all of our episodes with the research and talking about professionals. And we got to talk about um, the, you know, uh repatriating artifacts and and things like that which is super important to, to discuss so yeah so how do you do that with uh faked <laughs> artifacts <laughs> there, there's no place to repatriate those <laughs> they, they sort of ended up um what's sort of what's funny about it is is a lot of them were purchased by a um roman catholic monsignor in detroit and when he died he left them all to the university of notre dame which which honestly it doesn't sound like they wanted them. They end they up started, in weird places. Yeah, and, and, and so I think they ended up with the LDS church. They ended up at, at Brigham Young um, University. Uh, Notre Dame was like, hey, you guys are into this. Um, why don't you take these off our hands? Because the, the Catholics tossed the hot potato to the Mormons. <laughs> well, there's two things I was thinking of. I was listening to all this. First, just this week it came out that the University of Michigan had some, like, cherished Galileo manuscript that they found out was fake. Oh. Um, yeah. And I'll send you guys the link. I wrote yeah. it for yeah. Coast to Coast. Yeah. Um, and it, it was like the, the crown jewel of the University of Michigan library. And some guy who's like a double expert, like crazily enough, in Galileo and forgeries. Uh, he's a historian <laughs> at, at some major universities. So he's not um, just like an armchair guy. Um, he was like, he wrote to the University of Michigan. He's like, I'm pretty sure these are fake. Pretty sure your thing is fake, and then they looked into it and they figured out that it was that it was fake. Uh, that that it was almost certainly created by a master forger from the 1930s who ended up going to jail for it. Um, and the master forger, weirdly enough, had like sent a couple had faked two other ones at least to and had sent them to an archbishop, and the archbishop was the one who authenticated the Michigan manuscript and he was like i compared it with the two i have here in my office and it's a match so, and then so then like no one bothered no one like put it all together till till recently but wow. what's interesting what made me think of that was because the, when the university of michigan announced that their cherished letter was fake in the thing they were like we're gonna have to really have to reconsider the role of this letter in our collection and what what its place is but then they had a really interesting experiment like it could be very useful, though, for students of forgeries and hoaxes and fake fake documents. Yeah. So, it's, so it's like, oh, okay, it's just kind of a silver lining to that. It's not, you know, uh, a cherished letter, uh, but but it is something people could study, you know, for forgeries and stuff. And the, you mentioning, uh, um, Sam mentioning the LDS was really interesting because it made me think of this Netflix show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the good. Guy oh, who yeah. the letters. Yeah. Murder Big among letters. the Mormons, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a crazy that story, and and uh, the LDS just must be really into, <laughs> like, really into that kind of shit. I guess that was that's that's kind of why it I got. Could out be of it. how it got started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it it, Sophie, I mean, they use it to justify everything, right? Those type of um, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I, I think I don't want to. Yeah. Cats quickly, but I you know, get the they, feeling that they'll that they kind of will will buy anything that'll. I would say that people um, that members like, of the religion them. are more susceptible to that stuff, but the the actual organization, even from early on, was 
you know, after Joe Smith was dead and everything, they they were pretty uh, pretty reluctant to embrace things because it would, you know, if if they were found out to be forgeries, it would put more question on them. Right, right. So they actually did pretty quickly start maintaining a a large distance, but but I mean that guy was forging internal Mormon documents and yeah. trying to change. Well, yeah, that was, I read about him recently. I saw the show a while ago, but I was reading about him recently. And yeah, he was a Mormon, but, or a former Mormon, like he hated the church. So his whole deal was like that he was, the documents he faked were to undermine Mm -hmm. the church. Mm -hmm. And he came up with this kind of like the scheme where he would convince the Mormon church. He's like, I have this letter that pretty much makes you guys look like you're crazy or full of shit or whatever. And, And they would buy it with the intention of burying it. Yeah. And then he would turn around and like leak to the press, like, "Oh, hey, listen, I heard they, I heard they got this letter, and it's da da da." da. And then they would have to like come out and publicly and go, "Yeah, we got the letter. This letter, this is what it says." So like, he he kind of had his cake and ate it too until he started blowing people up. <laughs> Should have just stuck with the greed. <laughs> yeah, and I think he started yeah, yeah. he started he started killing people because he kind of got in over his head. It, yeah, was, much, it was, yeah, it, was it started becoming like a Ponzi a Ponzi scheme <laughs> kind of thing, and he couldn't. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a question for you guys for Samantha and Aaron uh, from Aaron O'Brien. Great Lakes Lore did an episode Lake Ontario Triangle. When are they going to do a Lake Erie episode? Hopefully, Buffalo, New York based. Never. Um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Aaron is definitely from Buffalo, and we've had him on the show. <laughs> Um, oh, oh, oh! He is excellent. Well, um, <coughs> at some point, at yeah. Some point, I yeah, mean, we, 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 yeah. We, we really try to balance. Um, although we we realize we've been very Michigan heavy recently, but we try to balance the location where our stories come and make sure that every sort of run has like some sort of spacey UFO thing and a cryptid and a murder and whatever, so that you know we're always appealing. So um, it's probably about due for another. I another thi- lake mystery actually yeah i, I think lake erie is have, and we haven't done anything with no, lake erie yet we haven't, so. so and we've even mm-hmm. done lake ontario <laughs> that, that's like a fake great lake, lake erie has been skipped it, <laughs> what yeah. in the world we haven't done huron yet either though to be fair oh that's true that's yeah. true. I, but that tells you what my opinion is of, of lake huron i, I didn't even <laughs> remember it was it was there i haven't lived on lake huron for a while I forgot about it <laughs> it's not 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 your favorite great lake it's not it's not <laughs> no i'm originally from the west side of the state so lake michigan is where it's at unless you're in the up then you got superior so you know. so 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 the question i have the, the burning question is are there really such a thing as melon heads <laughs> no <laughs> oh. no i mean i we hate to break it to you but <laughs> no and if there were I don't know. I, it was a man with a pumpkin on his head. It was head. a man with a pumpkin on his head. Going, <laughs> what, what, what was the sound he was making? Wobble, wobble. Wobble, wobble. Wobble, wobble. <laughs> sound, a man with a pumpkin on his head in the road going, wobble, wobble. Which, I, I just want to think it was just that. I Because yeah. the alternative is, there's these, you know, th- there's no nice story about mm-hmm. the or melon heads it's all like horrible experiments or or children with disorders and and who were you mistreating know, went, children mis- with mis- disorders. mistreating yeah. children with with and disorders. then monster 
mon- monsterifying. What's the word I'm looking uh, for? Monstrifying. Yeah, I, I, I we can make that word up, right? I, I, I think I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, monstrifying them. Yeah. So guy with a pumpkin on his head going wobble wobble in the um in the in the street is um my chosen interpretation. Yeah. So there's really no doc- there's no Doctor Crow. Doctor Crow never existed. <laughs> Nobody's ever found him. Um, there's there's no evidence of a of a Doctor Crow. There's there's people with the last name Crow, but they weren't doctors. And there were were doctors in the area, but they weren't named Crow. And uh, the thing, I think that was one of the things. I mean, I went into it assuming that this was like a fake story. But when I was researching the Michigan melon melon heads and found the Doctor Crow reference, and Aaron texted me about a Doctor Crow in Ohio, I was like, this is all bullshit. <laughs> like they're yeah. There's no, there are not two Dr. Crows um, randomly experimenting on hydrocephalic children. So, and, and then there um, was like, like Connecticut melon heads, yeah. which is sort of the, like weird sort of off branch yeah, yeah. of the, of the yeah. Ohio. And they sounded and better. They did. They, it was a more interesting story, but yeah. still, but kind of like, you know, sort of like hook hand urban legend sort of yeah. story. Yeah. More like that. I, I love the explanation for the Connecticut, for the Connecticut melon heads. As to why there were melon heads in Connecticut, why is that? The um the the the, the incest witch family was that the oh, Connecticut God. one? I, I, no, I it was the, it was oh. the Connecticut land claims. Oh oh why oh, oh right the geographic connection <laughs> yeah right. um yeah because well Northwest Ohio used to be part of colonial Connecticut back until eighteen oh one or something. Yeah, and this is from the Connecticut Historical Society's website. And it's like, Guys, Be- come before, on. before the the Northwest Ordinance just cut the <laughs> the Ohio melon heads off, and right. that's <laughs> we, that's, we that's what happened. Their family, we destroyed the melon head family. Governments putting up boundaries, man, <laughs> severing <laughs> connections all over the globe. That's right. Tim, uh, I'm curious. Uh, looking through the coast to coast news, yeah. So uh, we've had a lot of good ones lately. Bizarre silent clown report leaves Washington neighborhood unsettled. Are the phantom yes. clowns have the phantom clowns returned? They come yeah. about every once and again. I'm not sure what to make of this one. Um, I'm more, I don't know. I don't want to, I'm more inclined to think that, uh, that this was some kind of like confusion on the part of the woman. She was like an elderly woman. Um, you know, I don't want to go that far but that, that's what the police said too that they're like it, this could be like a mental health episode um but she called the cops said that there was a clown had broken into her house he didn't say anything which is like, like it makes it even creepier he just like held up a sign like that like a like a sign it was like i'm going to rob like i'm robbing you no. and it was uh-huh. like oh jesus Ew. that's even creepier that's cre- that would be creepier than if he said something <laughs> um but then then he left and she didn't rob her or anything. And then she called the cops. So it's like, was this just a dream? And like, what, 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 like, what is this? What happened here? And uh, the police are like, we don't know really what happened. Um, could have been a mental health episode. People in the, in the neighborhood were like, it, it wasn't a joke. Like she, she wasn't hoaxing the cops or anything. She genuinely believed that this happened. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It's a weird it's a weird story. It's, uh, it's about as far as I can go. I don't know. You know, the clowns, that, that's one of the more phantomy clowns stories that I've heard. Usually they're like, you know, it's just some dick in a clown. <laughs> like purposely messing with people. Like, you know, that's what, I see a ton of stories like that all the time. A lot in England where it's like, 
little kids would be like, oh, this guy drove by in a van. He was in a clown mask and just scared the shit out of us. And we ran away. Or a Santa Claus mask in Australia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Happy, Christmas. Happy Christmas. He's got the window. <laughs> That's how it is. And then he's like, I've got to watch like, this movie tonight. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Father Christmas. Yeah. Woo. And like the Daffy Duck. There's a Daffy Duck guy. And yeah, it's a it's a it's a great movie. I do. I did like it a lot. Is that but, a little yeah. like is that a little like Point Break where they're wearing all the like president's masks? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't ever take the masks off except for I don't want to spoil anything, but like in the ultimate climactic showdown between this, the now weaponized and uh, school children and the and the ne'er-do-wells in masks uh, eventually you know uh well you can figure out probably who wins in the end so but yeah then, then the masks get shed so wow. it's, a, it's a great yeah it's a <laughs> i'm thinking about it now yeah i haven't seen it in forever but it's one of those movies you watch and you watch it again you're like Oh shit! I remember this part. Oh no! I'm like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really good, it's a really good movie. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you guys for being a part of all this. And uh, stop but, right there, Adam. I what? promised the, I promised the. Viewers. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, you know what, Tim? Hold on. If I can. Yeah. See if I can. Uh, I don't know if I can blow you up here, but hold on a second. <laughs> Well, let me get Let's my see, here. Uh, you're, on, you're on the solo layout now. Well, pick me off for now. I got to get okay, all right. out of the fridge. Just people just going to be looking at my shoot tree. Okay. <laughs> well, 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 while, while he's doing that, let me share my screen here real quick. And I want everybody to uh, – we'll, we'll, t- we'll obviously talk about the conference, but I want to make everybody aware of the streaming audience that's here that's here tonight and the, see in the next right. few days. We are doing our next Strange Realities online event with Nick Valenzuela uh, talking about motifs of high strangeness. And this is all material that comes from his his own investigations. And so that's, uh, that's for our Patreons. Uh, you can become a $10 conspiratorial Patreon or there is a link to buy it um, through Eventbrite as well. So that's going to be this coming Friday the August 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern. So that's my little little spiel for the moment. Nice. All right. Ready? Now we now we will get to we will get to Tim, put him All on right. a solo layout so we don't I miss a thing. Buddy on Twitter that tonight in in uh, in the tradition of the Captain Crunch uh, smart food, tonight I would unveil what I think to date is probably one of the coolest uh, beer names i've seen in a long time no, so I, uh, aaron's kind of a beer uh aficionado, yeah. and so he may he he may recognize this one though it comes from glendale california so uh it may not be out in me i've never seen it before go right go right he was here he might know it all right so here it is you ready folks <laughs> it is it is Bunny, Bunny with a chainsaw. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> His cuteness will cut you to shreds. That's awesome. And it's a double dirty, it's double dry hopped hazy India pale ale. And Ooh. see, see if I can get, I'm trying to like get it kind of. That's adorable. I know. It's like a 1940s Easter card gone wrong. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> or gone right. Yeah. Well, True. <laughs> 
And for those wondering, it's 8.2% alcohol, so it's pretty strong. It looks about 18 ounces, so that'll do the job, looks like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll feel like you just got hit by a bunny with a chainsaw? Yeah. Seven or eight of those, and you're all set. There you go. That's even better. All right. Bunny with a chainsaw. <laughs> so. Okay, I need to find that. That sounds yeah. I, I never heard of it, so my my mom brought it back for me from California. So yeah, very excited to try that later tonight. Nice, nice. Well, Tim, uh, w- what is next for you? Uh, we know the Strange Realities Conference is, but uh, any are you going to be doing any shows anytime soon? Uh, I was asked that recently. I did a really weird show last week where I was interviewed by like the local, um, my. My town has like a board of selectmen, and one of the selectmen has a podcast, and he interviewed me. So it was like a local, like a like a like a cable access podcast, <laughs> where it was not. He he he. It was really unique and interesting. Um, Aaron might kind of well. Some of you guys also might recognize this sort of experience, but it was like talking to someone who has no interest in the paranormal. So you have to like <laughs> it. It's it's hard. Because they they have a very and this isn't their fault because I was like this when I got started but they have like a very simple view of it and so it's like you almost feel like you're kind of letting them down because you're like well it's not it's, uh, it's not necessarily yeah. aliens it could be all these other things and it's like I, I'm just really confused this person <laughs> more than yeah. anything um, so that I'm was kind of like wait I'm supposed to be the skeptic yeah exactly yeah no kidding right right so I ended up sounding more skeptical than than um, they probably anticipated. But the, so that was fun, but they asked me when I was going to be doing more shows. So um, I would like to do some soon. Maybe the strange realities coming up will kind of get, get me, get me going. Um, I'll be doing sort of a weird, like mini tour in a way. Um, starting in a couple weeks, I'll be in Charleston, West Virginia for uh, the unconference known as Paramania. Um, and we'll be, this is sort of a private gathering. Um, Adam Sane will be there though. Uh, so, <laughs> it's just, so it's not, it's not that exclusive. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to it, Adam. We're going to get, cause you're always so stressed out at strange realities. This time you'll be able to like yep. kick back and relax. I don't think we right. got a chance to hang out like that. Um, except for like after the conference in, in Nashville. Uh, so yeah, that'll be Charleston in in two weeks, um, and and we're gonna be going to Point Pleasant to see all the Mothman stuff. We're gonna be going to Flatwoods almost on the seventy fifth anniversary, which wow. weirdly enough they're not doing anything for. Are they um, not doing the festival this year? I thought that they were still doing not, the festival. I don't know if they're doing anything in Flatwoods. I don't think they're doing the Mothman festival the weekend after we're gonna be in right, Point Pleasant, right? Because we don't want to be overwhelmed but as far as i can tell so far i haven't heard anything about any sort of event to commemorate the flatwood 75th so that'll be what i'm doing in a couple weeks so i'll probably have a bunch of photos and maybe audio and video from that and then two weeks after that i'll be going to whitehall new york for the sasquatch calling contest um and you did you did that last year are are you judging again i don't think i'm gonna judge this time It really wasn't a pleasant experience. Uh, <laughs> not that it was unpleasant, but uh, I, I didn't like having to have my back turned to the to the howlers. It was very <laughs> it cheapened the moment. I'll just say cheap in the moment. Like, I understand why like you have to judge just on the howl. You can't, um, you know. But to me, it was like 
I can't. I was looking for. I'm like, I was so looking forward to watching this competition, and now here I am, like staring at a river, <laughs> and it's all going on behind me. Um, so it was a little. I was kind of bummed out, but <laughs> so I, I would do it, but I want to see the competition, so I'd rather just watch the yeah, competition than that makes sense. than participate. Um, plus, judging is like. It, it was difficult because there was like, it came down to like two people that were like really good. And you feel kind of like I, I was really torn because the second place lady, I thought, I thought she probably should have won. But I think the, uh, the other judges were kind of a little more thought she was like over the two over the top. And it was like, <laughs> this is getting too, this is like, I don't know. This is like, <laughs> this is like political or something. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to hurt anyone, let anyone down. Cause she seemed really kind of like, kind of bummed out that she lost. Cause she put all this effort into it and was like yelling and screaming and hopping and like got up. Cause we had our backs to her. <coughs> she gets up like right uh, breathing on like my fucking neck. Like, like, you can, like literally like you can imagine someone right, right. You can feel their breath on your neck. It was like, she totally should have won, but I think the other judges were like, yeah, two over the top, two over the top. <laughs> we, we were looking for authenticity here. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? So, so, so yeah, I'd rather, and, and she, from what I understand, because I couldn't he, I couldn't see it, she was like hopping, her, she was just like, it was a whole, it was a, it was a whole experience. And it was like, oh, fuck, I really, you know, if I had seen that, we had been able to see her, her dancing and howling and, and like creeping up on people and breathing on them. Like she should have won the thing, man. So, yeah, I'll just watch. <laughs> All right, awesome. Uh, and then I'll be in two weeks after that. I'll be in Nashville for Strange Reality. All right, that's cool. my sort of weird fall tour of weirdness. It's getting closer and closer, making me freak out over here. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Aaron, Samantha, what's next for you guys? Besides strange realities conference. <laughs> Besides strange um more Great Lakes lore. Um <laughs> nice. More I think yeah. we've got Lake, our, Lake Erie is getting covered eventually. <laughs> Lake Erie will we're, we're we, we we know we've got an audience for Lake Erie now. Mm-hmm. So um we'll we'll definitely uh, put that on the list. I, I think our next episode is gonna be a um weird murdery sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's gonna be good. Um I am uh, much in the vein of, of Mr. Banal. I am going to an event just to observe. I'm going to the MUFON of Ohio conference on Saturday. Oh, wow. They have, they have four speakers, um, and there's a baked potato bar included in the ticket price. So wow. uh, pay attention to the Saucer Life social media. I'll be updating you on the baked potato bar. Um, <laughs> I probably won't tell you about this flying saucers, but baked potato bar is going to be on the agenda. Nice. And Samantha? I don't have anything paranormally related other than other than the show. I have an article coming out about uh, apple growing, um, turn of the century apple growing. Hey, but, uh, I mean, you, you know, know yeah, the day job, you know. So, what the yeah. this? Uh, it, it's like a, it's like a house that you do tours through. Yeah, um, it is a house inside of a botanical garden, and. Um, so the owner of the house was the founder of the Dow Chemical Company, and um, he also had an interest in agriculture and had a huge orchard. And so we have the family archives. And um, yeah, so I, I know far more about growing apples than I thought I ever would in my entire life. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. 
All right. Um, give me just a second here. I'm going to share this. Share the screen again. You said founder and of the Dow Chemical Company. Yes, Herbert Dow. Wow. Yep. And guys, we want to remind everybody here is you guys can see the the fourth annual the graphic for the fourth annual Strange Realities Conference. Guys, please tell me this is actually up there. I believe yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, good. So you got you guys can see the speakers. So we uh, we talked to three of, of which tonight. So we talked to uh, Tim Banal, Samantha Engel, and Aaron Gullius right here. And we also have Steve Berg, Micah Hanks, John Tinney. Adam Go Rightly, who will we'll, we will get on one of these. We'll make sure his stream yard works. Christopher Ernst, uh, Recluse, Nathan Isaac, Melody Blackthorne, Doctor Future, Soraya Askath, who will be we. Christopher Ernst is going to be doing a film about him, and we're going to be showing it at the conference on oh. Friday night. Timothy Renner, uh, remotely, Delaney Bowers, Olaf Phillips, David Metcalf, who will also be doing a remote presentation. And we got workshops by Kiki Dombrowski, Ren Collier, and Michael Hughes. So those Adam, are. Let me ask you this: What yeah. is what? What is? Uh, you may have explained this already uh, to the audience on a previous episode, but uh, and you may have even explained it to me, but I don't recall. So what? What is the workshops? What is what is that going to consist of? Well, the workshops are going to be they're, they're they're going to be in the main they're going to be in the main room, so they're going to be like their their own bit of time for for the speaker. I believe Kiki is going to do something about tarot. Yeah, and Ren is going to do a he's going to speak on Friday night, which is a setup for what he wants to do as a work like a ten minute like ritual wow. in the other room. So we're going to be setting okay. that up, and then Michael Hughes. I'm not quite sure exactly what he's going. He's going to do a workshop of some some kind, or he may actually present. We're just kind of like debating that at the moment. But um, guys, we want you guys to come in person. Tickets are seventy dollars for three days, and thirty dollars for the online stream. So you guys can won't miss a minute. Ticketstrangerealitiesconference.com. Come check it out. All right. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you. Uh, yeah. This has yes, been very special. You. And uh, remember, Strange Realities Conference October 14th through the 16th. And I want to thank Samantha and Aaron from Great Lex Lore, Aaron from The Saucer Life, and Tim Banal from The Great Banal of America. So, right. All right. And uh, Sergio, um, anything that you, that you want to add about the conference or, or anything dealing with Conspiracy Normal? I'm just getting really excited and I uh, look forward to seeing everybody. And um, this year, uh, we hope to have some of the best uh, in person attendance. Uh, we're finally kind of starting to get to the other side of the whole pandemic. So that feels real good to get uh, everyone together for some uh, fellowship. So this will be an excellent time. Uh, everyone just uh, stay tuned uh, next couple of weeks we're going to be focusing on these different speakers that will be at the Strange Realities Conference and giving you some previews of what they'll be talking about so we look forward to that and uh, we'll see you guys next week on Conspiranormal
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.